Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ted Johnson. Um, and let's open up with a word of prayer. Let's continue to remember each other. Uh, remember our neighbors. Remember those around us. It, it doesn't matter whether we know what they're going through or not. We need to be lifting every, each our neighbors up in prayer and uh God knows everything. You know, sometimes we, we think that we have to know everything that's going on in somebody's life before we can pray for them. But, you know, we really don't. All we have to do is just ask God to be with them and touch them. If, if anything's going wrong in their life, just move in it in a great way. And let's continue to remember all the people affected by this coronavirus. Uh, continue to remember our nation and our leaders. Uh, the leader's going out and the leader's coming in. Let's remember all of them, our, all of the first responders. Uh, you know, we've got so very much to pray for in this day and time of everything that is going wrong. And and uh, we we really need to be lifting our nation and our, and our, our neighbors, and we need to be lifting them up to the Lord daily. So let's remember each and every one, and especially remember the lost. Uh in this day and time, uh, they they really, really, really need prayer. Our kind and gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to bow and to call upon your name and to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, you hear and answer our prayers. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just touch each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this coronavirus, Lord, the ones that are uh, sick, uh, the ones that are taking care of these sick and the first responders, dear God, the nurses, the doctors, the CMAs, the, the ones that works in the hospital, the janitors and the receptionists and uh, the ones that works in the cafeteria, Lord, in each and every aspect. And the, and the, remember the ones, dear God, that works in the uh, assisted living homes and the nursing homes. And, and they go from place to place to, dear God, to check on the elderly. Let's remember them, dear God, and those that are sick. And God, just be with our nation. Lord, just touch it in a great and a mighty way. Just... God, all the unrest and all the violence that's been going on, God, we just ask, Lord, that you would just put a stop to it. Lord, just open the people's eyes and let them see that they're not accomplishing anything. They're just, they're just making bad manners worse. And God, just be with them and touch them and be with our leaders, Lord. Just, God, just be with them and just move in their lives in a great and a mighty way. And God, just be with me as I set to study and teach your word, dear God, Lord, just touch my mind and my lips and give me the words to say, dear God, that I may help someone, Lord, that I may help them to get closer to you. God, I just thank you for this privilege, dear God, and I thank you for your blessings and for your uh, wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding that you give me. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, amen, amen. We're going to be in the 15th chapter of Deuteronomy, I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh, we talked uh, last week about the canceling of the debts every seven years and the freeing of the Hebrew servants uh, every seven years. And uh, if we go back to uh, chapter 15 and start uh, Deuteronomy and start in verse 12, and it says, If thy brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, 
Then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. And when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock, out of thy floor, and out of thy winepress, of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give unto him. And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee, therefore I command thee this day, and it shall be, if he say unto thee, I will not go away from thee, because he loveth thee and thine house, and because he is well with thee. You know, the Lord understands that these people have gotten to a place to where that they they needed some help. So they, they hired themselves out to their uh, neighbors uh, and uh, different tribes as a servant uh, to help with the problems that they are having. And the Lord said, uh, uh, the Lord said, I understand this. And he said, also, he said, uh, they will serve you for six years, but on the seventh year, you're going to let them go. And not only are you going to let them go, but you're going to send them away with, um, with, uh, with, uh, your, best of your flock and of your uh, gardens and your uh, fields and your vineyards and, and olive yards, you're going to send them away with this. You're not going to send them away empty because they were in a bad situation uh, when they came to you. And uh, they're, now then, they have been with you for six years, so they're going to have to uh, have a little bit of time to get things back in order uh, and get things to growing again and pruned and all this. So, so I want you to send them out with uh, quite a bit, and that way they'll have a, a head start on getting back to normalcy. And uh, he said, but, but if they decide that they don't want to go away from thee, that they are happy with thee, they, they like the job they're doing, and, and they want to stay, and he said, they can. But he said, you're going to mark them and let them let people know that they – they said that they wanted to stay with you instead of, you know, people. You know how people talk. Uh, and these these people said they want to do this themselves. It's not because of uh, they were made to or anything like that. Uh, they want to do it. And so they mark them, and they stay with them for the rest of their lives. They are their servants, and they are treated well. And, you know, I just wanted to back up and bring that out because I hadn't, I had forgotten about that last time uh, when we, when I spoke about them going away uh, and they shouldn't go away empty because the Lord wants them to have a head start. And, you know, God is always looking out for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter what we're going through. God is always looking out for us, and he's, he's made a way for us to escape everything that we're going through. He just like the, the Israelites, and uh, when they got in trouble and they had to hire themselves out uh, as servants, the Lord made a way for them to be blessed when uh, at the end of the sixth, at the end of the seven years, uh, they, they made a way for them to be blessed where that they could have a little bit to, to go and to uh, make it on their own from that point on. Of course, they were a hired servant, so they were paid, and they had that money, and then they had enough uh, of the flocks and food and, and grain and stuff like that to go out 
and and to rebuild their life as it is. And, you know, every once in a while, it doesn't matter who you are, but every once in a while, we need a fresh start. Uh, things just uh, get overwhelming. We get in debt deeper than what we can, and, and things are just not going right. And especially right now with this coronavirus, I know a lot of people is – is having a hard time financially because they are furloughed because their jobs have closed down and completely left and and uh first one thing and then another and this is where that we we as children of god this is where that we need to come into play now for our people and we need to uh, be there for them and help in whatever manner we can and like I was saying last time, this is where that some of us fail because we don't take the time to find out what our neighbors, what they're going through. We don't take the time to pray for them. And if the Lord was to speak to us to do something for one of them, you know, the odds are against us even doing because, first of all, we don't know their names. We probably never spoke to them in our life. And now then all of a sudden they're in need and, and we don't know it because we don't never see them. We don't never speak to them. We don't never take the time to check and see if they're all right. Pray for your neighbors. Pray, make sure that everything's all right with them. You know, you don't have to be nosy and go over running over our every day and, and things like that. You just have to be in tune with the Lord and let the Lord speak to you. And you pray for them, and when something goes wrong in their life, the Lord will let you know, and then you can go and you can talk to them uh, privately. You won't have to broadcast it all over the place. And this is what the Lord is telling telling Moses. He said, people are going to get in trouble. They're going to, uh, you know, not all of us are the uh, greatest budgeters of our money that ever was. And not all of us are the um, are able to uh, grow stuff, and not all of us are able to manage uh, great herds of animals and stuff like that. And and not all of us are able to work in a factory. Not all of us are able to work outside. You know that's why there's so many different things that the Lord has has put in place for us to do, and and everybody's got a job that they can do. And we need to be, we need to go to that job and we need to be uh, happy with that job and we need to be content with that job and we need to do our best work because this is what the Lord has told us that we're going to make our living by the sweat of our brow. So you might as well, you know, if you're going to make a, a decent living and you're going to have anything, you're going to have to do some work. Same thing with the Lord. If you're going to do anything and if you're going to have anything and and you're going to have the Lord's blessings and you're going to make it into your uh, land that flows with milk and honey, you're going to have to do some work. It's, it's not going to all be handed to you. And we need, we need to find out exactly what our job is and we need to be on that job. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is if we go back to uh, the parable of the... Uh, the talents you know if you go back and read those um you will find out that uh he gave one man uh 10 talents and he gave another man five talents and he gave another one one and they took those talents and they used those talents and they uh they uh, got more talents because they used the ones that they had god give them more 
And that's that's the way that he will do with you, even though, you know, you, you think, well, I can do this and, and you know, I, that'll be fine. That'll be all I have to ever do. Um, probably not, because when the Lord finds out that you're going, you are willing to do your your job, the thing that He has give you to do, He's going to give you other things to do also. And you know, and just and just do them, do them with with great pride, and and do them uh, willingly and and wantingly. And, you know, I know I'm not the best at, at the, what the Lord has put before me to do, but I love doing it, and I want to do it. And, you know, um, I, I often question God, Lord, why does anybody want to listen to me? I, you know, I, I get my words mixed up. I can't think of words. I make mistakes, but I'm me. And the Lord said, I can use you. I want to use you. And I told him, said, Lord, use me. So I was willing. And like I said, I, I know other people that are a whole lot better teachers than I'll ever think about being. But God said, no, I want you to do this. And he's got his reasons why, and he knows best. Even though I didn't think so, he knows best. Verse 19, sanctify firstborn animals. And... I've thought about this a lot about the firstborn of the animals, and and um, you know we've we've as we've been studying about the Israelites uh, coming out of Egypt, uh, the Lord talks about the firstborn of the animals and how that they are to be His, they are to be sanctified, they are to be used in the in the offerings and the uh, sacrifices and things, and I. I was thinking, you know, this was the firstborn of that animal. But no, it's not the firstborn of that animal. It's the firstborn of that year, uh, whether it be a, a sheep or whether it be a goat. Uh, the firstborn of that year, um, even your cattle and, and all, your, all your different animals, the firstborn of that year, you take those and those belong to God. You take those and you give those. You either use them for a sacrifice or they are given to the Levites and the priests to use in whatever way that they need. But in verse 19, All the firstling males that come of thy herd and of thy flock, thou shalt sanctify unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work with the firstlings of thy bullock, nor shear the firstlings of thy sheep. Thou shalt eat it before the Lord thy God year by year in the place which the Lord shall choose you and thy household. And if there be any blemish therein, as if it be lame or blind or have any ill blemish, thou shalt not sacrifice it unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt eat it within thy gates. The unclean and the clean person shall eat it alike, as a roebuck and as a heart. Only thou shalt not eat the blood thereof, thou shalt pour it upon the ground as water. He said that firstborn, whatever it may be, uh, I'm, I don't know why, but I keep thinking, you know, uh, each one of your different animals, your sheep, your goats, your, um, your camels, your uh, um, cows, whatever. The firstborn of those, those belong to the Lord. And you are to take those and, and 
do sacrifices with those. And each, every time that you do that, every year, you know, you take your, your firstborn and you set them aside. Uh, you don't use them for anything except for your sacrifices. The Passover. If you remember when um, the children of Israel came out of Egypt, um, when, I, when the Lord was bringing all these different plagues upon Egypt, the, the very last plague, the tenth plague, was the plague of the Passover. And this is where the death angel passed over uh, the Israelites and over Egypt. And if you didn't have the blood applied to your doorpost and, you, and uh, over the top of your door, then uh, the firstborn died. And um, there was no leaven. They were supposed to get rid of all the leaven out of the house. They couldn't have any leaven in their bread. Uh, and they had to eat this lamb or this goat or whatever it was, that firstborn without spot or blemish. They ate it in the evening, and they had to eat all of it. And if it was too much for them, uh, for their family to eat, they they went over and they got the, the other family and brought them in, and they fixed it, to, fixed it together, and they ate it. And they ate it with these uh, unleavened bread and bitter herbs. And the death angel passed, and they would take the blood of this uh, animals that they had uh, sacrificed. They would take this blood, and they would put it on the doorpost and above the door of their homes. And when the death angel came through and he seen the blood on the door, he did not bother these people. But if he passed over your house and you did not have the blood applied to your, to your doorpost, and over the door, then the, the, your firstborn died. Well, there's going to be a time when, when Jesus comes back, and he's going to come. He's going to come um, all over this world. He's going to pass over all of this world. And at this point in time, if you don't have the blood applied to your life, you're going to be left. You're not going to be taken. You're going to be left here on this earth, and. You, it's not going to be very, very pretty sight of what's going to happen after that. When, when Jesus takes all of his people out away from this earth and, and his spirit leaves this earth and there is nothing left but Satan and he's going to have a, a complete access and, and complete control over the earth, it's not going to be very pretty. It's going to be, if you think that it's hard to live a Christian life right now, uh, and you get to that point and you want to to not make it to hell, you want to live for the Lord, and you uh, do give your heart and life. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but I know there is going to be people that are going to die uh, for the Lord. They are going to be martyrs. And it's going to come to the point, and, and I believe this with all my heart, it's going to come to the point that... If you profess to be a Christian and you uh, profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to die. Uh, they will, in some way or another, they will kill you. See, that they done the apostles and they done the disciples that same way. About every one of the disciples that, that died, there was very few of them that died a natural death. Most of them died uh, on crosses. Uh, and they, wouldn't, they weren't, aren't the same crosses that Jesus died on. These were more of an X, in an X shape, and they died upon these uh, 
crosses and one of them uh, i can't remember now which one it was right off the top of my head but they put him on his cross and he continued to talk about the lord he continued to be a witness for the lord so they frayed they fade frayed him in other words they took they cut his skin off of him and he continued to uh, preach the word of God, and he continued to minister unto the people while he was on this cross, and he had his skin cut off of him. He was still uh, praising the Lord, and he was still teaching and ministering about the Lord, and finally to get him to shut up, they finally had to cut his head off. So, you know, it doesn't matter what's, what's going to happen to you as long as you are a child of God and you claim salvation, God is going to be with you and he's going to, uh, he's going to take care of you. So it doesn't matter what man can do to you. You know, man, all man can do is, is to take your life. Uh, they can kill you. But, you know, uh, really think about it. If you're a child of God and somebody kills you, you've won because let me tell you to do that probably was said it i'm not sure but he said to be absent from this body is to be present with the lord so you win either way you go as long as you are uh, a child of god you win and the, i don't know how i got off on that but that's all right but uh, the passover they, they are to remember this every year in the month in the month of Abib or the first month uh, this was a a uh, Abib it means ears of grain it's the name of this month from the old Hebrew agricultural calendar uh, much later the name would be changed to Nisan uh, because of the influence of the Babylonian calendar uh, this was the first month of Israel's religious year. This was when that they came out from Egypt. You remember in, in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 2, um, the Lord said, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. This was when they came out of Egypt. And he told them, he said, now then, he said, we're going to eat the Passover. He said, on the 10th day of this month, I want you to take a lamb and I want you to put it up. And I want you to keep it up for, uh, for uh, 14 days. And at the end of that 14 days, I want you to kill that lamb and eat that lamb. And for uh, seven days after that, I believe it is... Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, for a week, I believe it is, after that, uh, they couldn't have any leaven in their house whatsoever. They, they couldn't even have it in their house. They had to get rid of it out of their house, and they couldn't eat you know, any bread that was leaven because when they left Egypt, they left so quickly that the dough that they had made up, uh, they didn't get to put the leaven in because they had to put it in their kneading troughs and bind it up with cloth and leave. And so they didn't want it rising or going bad while they were leaving, uh, while they were uh, getting out of Egypt. So uh, they don't want any leaven whatsoever. And they ate uh, this lamb or this goat. They ate it with uh, unleavened bread and bitter herbs. And they still uh, practice that today. 
And on this time set aside, every year they, they eat this Passover, and they have a, a, uh, a gathering of all the males uh, before this, and then they have one at the end of the seven days after it's all over with. And this is this is one thing when they they uh, practice and they they do this every year to remind those that has been uh, born and remind their, everyone else and their own selves too of exactly what the Lord had done for them and how that they wandered through the wilderness and how that they had came into this land of where they are now and how the Lord had given them this land and uh, how he had blessed them in the whole time that they were on the move. But observe the month of Abib, and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. And thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread in it seven days. Thou shalt, shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the days when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. He said, I want you to remember this. All the days of your life. And, and eat this Passover. And when you do this, Remember all that God has done for you. You know, every once in a while, we as children of God, we need to sit down and we need to look back over our lives and we need to see what what we were like back when we were out in sin and where we are right now. And when we do that and we take inventory of our life of where we were and where we are now, we ought to see a huge change in our life. We ought to see that we don't do we we are not doing those things that we did when we uh, were out in sin before we gave our heart to the Lord. We we should not be doing those things today. For when we ask God to forgive us of our sins and we repented of our sins, we need to turn from those sins, never to do them no more. And if you are still doing some of the things that you done when you were back there. Um, you might need to have a long talk with the Lord uh, and find out just exactly what's going on in your life. I know, I know. There's a lot of there's a lot of teachings and and different things out there, but let me tell you something. We we need to turn everything over to the Lord, turn our heart and life over to Him, and everything that we have, everything that He's given us, and put it in His hands. And let him take control of it. And we need to follow him. And we need to become a, a different person. We need to become different. We need to stand out in a crowd. And we, you know, we, no, we don't need to act like everybody else does. You know, so many of us want to go to heaven, but we don't want to change our life because uh, we, we've got some good friends and, and we don't want to go, to go away from them and not see them anymore. Well, we we need to do one of two things, and we need to do several things too. Is we we need to put some distance between us and our old friends. 
We still need to talk to them, but we don't need to hang out with them and do the things that they are doing. We need to, we have repented of those things. We need to get away from those things, but we need to pray for them and we need to, to see them every once in a while and, and witness to them and tell them about what the Lord has done for us and how he can do the same for them. Yes, you will probably get made fun of. Yes, they will probably hate you and not want to do nothing with you. And when they when they see you coming, they may cross over on the other side of the street to get away from you. That's fine. Because they know where you stand. And when they see you, they feel guilty. And they don't like feeling guilty. And they don't like that feeling that they're feeling. So they want to get away from you. But don't completely get them out of your life. Pray for them. Witness to them every time you get a chance. And because you've got to remember where you were and where you are. And I tell you what, from where I was and to where I am right now, uh, they, there's a lot of difference. There's a lot of difference. And it, and it gets better each, each and every day, each and every week. It gets better. And Lord, Lord brings something out else out in my life that uh, I need to, I, that He and I need to work on. I, I can't do it by myself. I, I've got to, I've got to work on it. But I've got to help have the help of the Lord to help me work on it because I can't do it myself. Just like my my temper. And yes, I used to have a very bad temper, and the Lord convicted me of that, and. He and I started working on it, and it, I tell you what, it has gotten remarkably well. Uh, I am very tickled with the things that the Lord has done for me concerning my, my, my yeah, what I said a few minutes ago, my temper. <laughs> see, see, that's what I'm talking about. I, I forget things, even though I said it just a few minutes ago. I, I can't remember the word when I come back to it, but that's all right. Because I would rather make a thousand mistakes a day for Christ than I would to be live a perfect life and live for sin. Because it is just not worth it, really. It's not worth it to be in that life anymore. Because God has 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 blessed me so much, and has worked with me so much, and has used me so much that. I don't never want to go back. I don't never want anything to come between me and him. And, you know, the Lord and Moses is trying to get the children of Israel to realize this, to realize where he brought them from and where they are now and what he's doing for them. And just like us today, they they forget what the Lord has done for them real quick like. And you know that's what we that's what we don't need to do. We don't need to forget what the Lord has done. That's the reason why He said uh, this Passover and there, there's two other two or three other uh, events uh, in the Jewish people's lives that the Lord wants them to do every year. He don't want them to to miss doing them. He wants them. He wants them to remember where they came from. He wants them to remember what he has done for them. He wants them to remember where they are now and where he brought them from. We, we as, as mankind, we forget that. We as children of God, we forget where we were at 
and where God has brought us to now. And then not only that, but we need to look forward. Uh, I know a lot of us made, uh, may have made New Year's resolutions. I, I don't do those anymore because I'm not real good at keeping them. But my thing uh, this year was the same as probably last year is I want more of the Lord. I want to understand his word better. And I want to be able to teach better than I did last year or, or last month as far as that goes. Because this is a, a very serious calling that the Lord has laid upon me. And I enjoy doing it, and I get upset, and I get aggravated sometimes. Uh, but I still enjoy doing it, and I look forward to doing it. And I look forward to every Sunday uh, being able to teach Sunday school. You know, this is, this is the, the talent that God has given me to do, and I'm going to use it for him to the best of my ability. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. And, but the Lord says I can do it. So I'm doing it. And he said, every year, I want you to, I want you for seven days. You're not to do any work on the first day and on the last day. You're not to do any work. You're, you're to come together in a solemn assembly uh, at the place that I'm going to set aside for when we get over into the promised land. There's going to be one, one central place that we're all going to gather together for, for all these for all your um, sacrifices and offerings and all these different uh, events for that we keep, the Passover, the week of feast, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles, and we're going to gather together these three times, every, especially every male. If you are an Israelite and you are a male, we are going to gather together in the place that I choose three times a year, and you're going to come before me, and we're going to have uh, we're going to have uh, our sacrifices and our offerings, and we're going to have all those things done in this one place. And remember, remember. Where did I brought you all from and where you are right now? And yeah, all the ones that are going over into the promised land, none of those came out of the land of Egypt except for uh, Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else that came out of the land of Egypt, they, they sinned against the Lord, and the Lord told them that they wasn't going to go over, that they was all going to be buried in the wilderness, and they were. So their their sons and their daughters uh, and their their people are going to go over and they're going to take this land, and they need to remember. And they they were told about where that what happened back then. They were told, and they need to remember that because they they didn't go through all that, but they need to remember. Yeah, they they may not have physically went through. Egypt and, and had to put up with all the hardships and, and the taskmasters and all that, but they need to know about it. And they, they un can understand it because, let me tell you something, farming life, especially back in those days, was not easy. That was a lot of work when you 
uh, were taking care of land and you were growing your grains and and your uh, vineyards and your olive yards and you were taking all taking care of all these things and making sure everything was pruned and and uh, weed free and all this that was a lot of work so they know something about what it was like back to be back in Egypt when taskmasters were over them and we know what it's like to be out in sin uh, because we've been there and we know what it's like and we know the things that can come against you and you we know where that that road that we that we were traveling on at that time we know where it leads so we need to be a witness to to our daughters and our sons and and our neighbors and everyone that we come in contact with we need to be witnesses to them to let them know that there's a better way there is a better way Sure, you still have all the diff- all the same things uh, that life sins uh, gives you, all the heartaches and the troubles and your uh, your troubles and your trials and your ups and downs, your losing job and your finding a job and and uh, all these different things. You still have all those things, even though you are saved. But the difference is, is you have someone now on your side that can help you through those times. And if it weren't for God, the children of Israel, and God and Moses, if it wasn't for them, the children of Israel wouldn't be where they are are right now. And if it hadn't been for Moses uh, making intercession and and, uh, crying out to the Lord and uh, crying out to God and, and reminding him of some things, they wouldn't be where they are today at this point in time because God God wanted to completely wipe them all out several times and start all over again because of their unbelief, because of their, their sins, because of them chasing after other gods, because of all the things that he's been telling them in the last few sessions not to do. Don't do that. But yet, the Lord today is telling us, don't do that. But yet, what are we doing? We're still doing it. Even though we know it's wrong, we're still doing it. And we make excuses and, and say, well, you know, the Lord, you know, it's just one time. It'll be all right. The Lord will understand it. No, it's a sin. If the Lord says don't do it and you do it, you're, you're sinning, ask God to forgive you, repent from your sins, and don't do it no more. And don't make excuses for the reason why you really want to do something even when you know it's wrong. Because one of these days we're going to have to give an account for everything that we have done in this life, whether it be good or whether it be bad. We're going to have to give an account for it. Uh, you remember when uh, um, the women, um, the women of Midian, I believe it was, they seduced a lot of the Israelites and they went out against the, the Midianites and they destroyed them and they came back and they brought all the spoil and everything and they brought some of the women back that had caused the men to... Uh, uh, chase after other gods and the lord told them that they needed to kill those women that had done that and all their spoil that they had brought back they needed to send that through the fire 
and those things that uh, lasted through the fire, they could keep. And, of course, those things that didn't make it through the fire, uh, they couldn't keep it no way. Well, we're going to be tried like fire, as in fire one of these days. Um, we're going to be tried, and all the things that uh, doesn't make it through the fire are going to be burned up. But those things that are that do make it through the fire, those are the things that we're going to receive our our biggest blessings for, our our, our jewels in our crown. And you know, I've, I've talked about uh, refiner's fire about how that they take gold and silver and uh, different metals and they, they melt this at a certain temperature. And when it gets melted and, and all these, these impurities start floating to the top of this uh, gold and silver and they'll skim that off. And, and the more that they take off, the purer the gold is. Well, that's the way, that's the way we're going to be one of these days. We're going to be tried as, as by fire and all the things that are unlike the Lord and all those things that we we done to get reg- recognition in ourselves on this earth, those things are going to be destroyed. They're going to be they'll burn up. But those things that, that we done and we never thought about and those things that we done for others se- unselfishly, uh, those things are going to come out on top and it's, it's going to be even better in the end. But don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you're going. Don't forget what God has done for you and how he has blessed you and how he has used you. And uh, those things that he has asked, that He wants you to do, do them. I, I know uh, you probably, some, a lot of you feel like I do, that the Lord completely made a mistake when, when he called you to do the job that he has called you to do. But, but believe me, he knows you better than you do, and he knew me better than I knew me. And he he picked the person to do the job, and he knew that I could do it, even though I, I didn't know. I had no idea that I could do the things that he had called me to do. But he knew I could. He had confidence in me, even though I didn't have confidence in myself. The Lord knows you. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you can do even though you don't know yourself. And he will, he will give you what you need to do that job, and he will bless you for it. But he said, don't forget where you come from. I want you to go back, and I want you to do these, these feasts, the Feast of the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. I want you to do these every year because I, I need you to take time if, if none, other, none other time, once a year, I need you to take the time to sit down and to uh, just take inventory of your life and figure out exactly where I brought you from and figure out where you are right now. And, you know, and I, I see a huge difference in my life. And I know that you know, I, I look at thing I look at things so much different now than I did ten year ago. You know, five year ago. I look at things a whole lot different now than I did five year ago. You know, because the Lord has dealt with me on, on so many things on so many levels and taught me so much because 
you know, I I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I started, um, I guess it's been two years or longer now. I, I started asking the Lord to teach me. Teach me. Lord, I, I need to be taught. Just teach me. I didn't say teach me what. I just said teach me. And <laughs> let me tell you something. If you ever get to that point, be careful because God will teach you. The old saying is be careful what you ask for because you'll probably get it. And Well, I did. Well, let me tell you something. It, 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 it sort of worried me at the beginning, but then as we, as we continued on and he kept teaching me, the more I wanted to learn. Well, Lord, I, I had no idea about this. Okay, now then, Lord, what do I need to do? So he teaches me, and he tells me what I need to know. As I was talking about the people with the tattoos and the ear piercings, things like that, he taught me, he taught me well on that. And I thank him for it, and I look at people different. You know, it, before it was like, man, there ain't no way I'd do something like that. that that's plum gaudy. Now then I look at them, I thought, man, the people that you can you can get in touch with and show them to the Lord, people I could never even hope to get time to talk to them. If you would only give your heart and life to God, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful minister, apostle, disciple that you would be. See, God made us all in his likeness and in his image, but he made us different. We're not all alike. And uh, you can put us all into different groups if you want to. You know, that's fine. But there is people that you um, can get to and talk to the Lord that I can, that they wouldn't even listen to me. They wouldn't even talk to me. And same way by me. There's people that I can, I can talk to about the Lord that wouldn't even give you the time of day. Because of who we are and the way we act. But you know, I, the one thing that I've said so many times and I think is so true. It doesn't matter who they are. The one, one surefire way to get a sinner to talk to you about the Lord or somebody to talk to you about the Lord is you live a life in front of them that's different from everybody else. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on around you, you've got a smile on your face. You don't go around running people down and talking about people. You're different. And sooner or later, they're going to get curious, and they're going to want to know what makes you tick. Why is it you're so happy all the time, and why is it that you are so different? And they're going to start asking questions. And when they start asking questions, you need to be prayed up, you need to be studied up, and you need to be ready to listen to the Lord so that the Lord can lead you in how to to reach these people and how to talk to these people and how to lead them to him and let him clean them up. Let him take care of it from there. You don't tell them how they need to dress. You don't tell them that they need to get rid of their tattoos or their piercings or cut their hair or change their clothes. That's not for you to do. 
our job is to lead them to Jesus, and then Jesus will take it from there, and he will teach them the way that he wants them taught, not the way that we think that they ought to be. No, there's a lot of things I would not do, but that, that doesn't mean that somebody else would and feel fine with it. And, and, and you know, of all my, all my brothers and sisters, I'm the only one that doesn't have a tattoo. And I, I don't want one. First of all, I don't want to have to go through the pain to get, to get the thing. And then the next thing is I don't want to spend the money to get it. But, you know, that's them. I'm me. And the Lord, Lord is using me in a way that he wants to use me. And the Lord's going to use my brothers and sisters in a way that he wants to use them. And I'm not to condemn them. I'm not to judge them. I'm not their judge. I'm to love them no matter what. Unconditionally. Unconditional love. I'm to love everybody in this world, no matter who they are, what they've done. I am to love them unconditionally. See, God loves everybody on this earth. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or anything. God loves you. He hates the sin that's in our lives, but he loves us as person, as people. And that's, that's the one lesson that we as children of God have got to learn is to love the person. Remember one thing. Remember, the people are doing the way that they are doing because of who is in charge in their life, who they are serving in their life is the reason why that they are doing what they are doing. If you can lead them to the Lord, lead them away from Satan, lead them to the Lord, to where the Lord takes charge of their life, they will change. They will change. I love you all, and I thank you, and I hope God blesses you all in a great and mighty way. Until the next time.